Um, and I um, work in the community as a health visitor, um, and I'm in and out of people's homes every day, working with families who have children from birth right up to five. Um, and I think it's fair to say that we live in a society where poverty is becoming more and more prevalent. I lose count of the amount of um, food bank vouchers that I give out, the amount of voluntary groups that I contact um, for furniture donations, for baby essentials, for families, nappies, baby wipes, just really basic essential, essential things. Writing letters to housing executives um, because of housing, um, housing and poor housing and um, poverty in there. Um, putting electric on, on cards because of fuel poverty. And Mother Teresa said something many years ago that pulls together what I have experienced in living in community and living out community to be the greatest poverty today. She said, the greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It is not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. Loneliness is lack of community, and without community, it is very difficult to connect. I want to acknowledge this morning that I know a lot of us here, um, community may excite you, but there are also people here that actually find community really challenging. That that idea of um, being immersed in, and in each other's lives and, and living alongside each other and um, just walking alongside each other and whether that be because um, maybe previous experience within community um, or maybe you are just quite an introverted person and actually you find community quite difficult um, but before we want to go uh, before we go any further um, I just want to encourage you to keep your heart open to what God is wanting to do in 2020 for you um, in and around community. Um, I think it's important that we recognise that when we talk about community, we're not talking about a one-size-fits-all. Um, we don't expect everyone to be bouncing into life groups and, and being the life and soul of the party. But what I do think is important that we all find our own individual fit in community and then we help other people find theirs. Um, and when I was thinking about this, I was thinking of, of the likes of Ian and Jules who um, go out on our streets and chat and pray with people. And that idea, if I'm honest, freaks me out. That's just not my personality and the way that, um, although I'm standing up here today, I'm actually quite an introverted person too. And that challenges me whereas I work really well on a one-to-one -one and a relational level with people and then gathering and bringing into the community that way but both are okay um, but it is really important that you just don't retreat and that you actually find your fit in how God has designed you in community as well. We see time and time again that Jesus, even Jesus, retreated from community to a place of solitude, but yet following rest, he returned to be in and live out community because God never designed us to stay and retreat away. It is okay to recharge, but God never designed us to stay there. You see, God takes us each on a journey toward community. God will never ask you, to, or to ask you to step away and take you on a journey away from it. 
And maybe today there are people here among us who are finding community quite challenging at the minute and you feel like retreating or maybe you have retreated. Um, and I want to just ask you this morning, can you just open your heart up and allow God to just do some work um, in what I'm going to say? Last year, I found myself digging more into this idea of intentional living. Um, it's actually quite a big thing at the moment among, um, among social media, and you see a lot of blogs and things on it. But I really felt God prompted me to develop some intentional rhythms in my life, and one of those was community. When people were asking me how I was, um, I, I almost got sick of hearing myself say I'm busy, I'm just busy. Um, and I felt that at times in community, I was showing up when I felt like it. Um, when the demand was a bit um, greater, I suppose, than, than what I wanted to sacrifice when I was tired or I was really busy or actually it was just an easier season to retreat in life. And the more that I journeyed in community and then intentionally invested in relationships and community around me, both inside and outside of church, the more I realised that it is impossible to live authentically in community with each other without vulnerability. And it's here that I want to park just for a while. Vulnerability is one of those messy topics, isn't it? Um, I think it's just one of those things that often it's viewed as a negative emotion. And I suppose if we're honest, feeling vulnerable um, is not an emotion that many of us desire um, or want, want to feel. I think in society we have valued this stiff upper lip um, mentality for a long time and I think that we are seeing a shift in society now especially around mental health and saying that it is okay it is okay to not be okay and we are starting to see that shift but if you've ever studied vulnerability there is a lady that you maybe would have came across called Brene Brown and um, she is an amazing research professor in America and she has studied her career um, and focused her career around studying vulnerability courage and shame her TED talk on the power of vulnerability has been watched over 35 million times and is now one of the top five listened to TED talks. She is the first person to have a recorded talk to put, be put in Netflix. And what really strikes me about these statistics is that although we do not like feeling vulnerable and we don't want ourselves to be truly seen and be authentic, Brene's work shows us that actually the world and our communities are crying out for it. Brene talks about connection and community with regards to vulnerability and she says this, vulnerability is the last thing I want you to see in me, but the first thing that I want to see in you. I find that really powerful. We had the opportunity to go to Gail and Ivan's life group this term and it was on Grace and we looked at Philip Yancey's book. And when I look back in that season of life group and doing community together um, and just being authentic with each other and living just in real and raw relationship with each other, I don't remember much of passages that we read from Philip Yancey's book. Um, but what I do remember is that when people opened up and shared their story, those moments where it took a lot for people to be vulnerable, to say, this is where I'm at, and this is what God is doing in my life. And although as difficult as it may have been for people to open up and be vulnerable, it was actually the most beautiful quality to see in someone else. Because vulnerability allows us to connect in community in a way that we cannot do without 
Chantelle spoke a message a while ago um, called The Blessing in the Battle. And if you haven't listened to it, I really recommend getting it on podcast. She spoke about how in life we can be experiencing the blessing and the battle hand in hand at the same time. And I listened to her message a few weeks ago and I was reminded of a moment of the blessing and battle in community um, and how vulnerability was in essence at um, the core of that very, those, that very time. And it reminded me how God does something really subtle when we allow ourselves to be seen for who we are and just be real and authentic with each other. Um, I've asked Elaine if I can share this this morning and she so graciously said yes. Um, in September last year, Elaine and Nathan um, and Hannah and Beth um, lost a very loved part of their family, Steve, um, their husband and father. And for many um, within our community, lost a very dear friend. And I'm aware that no amount of preaching this morning about community um, can show the power of community than what we've seen around that time of community coming around the food guards. That picture of Acts 2 that we read about was really lived out in, in people's most vulnerable moments. And around that t- time that Steve passed away, I was heavily pregnant after years of infertility and then conceiving our son with IVF. And um, funny, I was, I was thinking because any time I came into church, Steve used to compare my bump and his, um, his belly to see if I was catching up with him. I don't think I ever did, to be fair. <laughs> Um, but the first time that I saw Elaine um, after Steve passed away was in her home and she came down the stairs um, and in just her, her grief she put her hands on my bump and she said this little one will bring hope and I remember leaving that evening um, and for the days that followed after that I remember feeling that life was really unfair that such devastation had hit such a lovely family Um, Fast forward then a few weeks later and we gave birth to our little boy and when we came to church for the first time, Elaine came and stood with us and she held Percy in her arms and we stood alongside each other and in Elaine's grief she shared in our joy and it really reminded me of how Elaine and her valley was holding our mountaintop after our valley and how in community at times we will experience the battle and the blessing and they'll go right alongside each other. And I wanted to share that this morning with you because I think that if we choose to stand with each other and allow ourselves to be seen and allow ourselves to be raw and authentic and be vulnerable with each other, that God begins to move in extraordinary ways and our stories are able to unfold. And when I think about other communities that we find ourselves in, mums and tots, school, workplace, street, or streets or communities that we live in, I don't know where any other community that I could really pinpoint such a powerful example of living alongside each other and vulnerability can be. And when I think about why, the only reason that I can come up with is it is possible because of Jesus. And we see so much scripture and vulnerability throughout scripture, just raw, authentic moments of people crying out to God and with each other. And there's a story in Mark 5 about a lady who had um, been hemorrhaging for many years 
and she heard about Jesus and heard that he was coming and she wanted to be healed. She thought, if only I could touch the hem of Jesus, I will be healed. So she pushed her way through the crowds to get to Jesus and she touched the, um, the edge of his robe and instantly she got her healing. And Jesus turned around and said, someone touch me. And the disciples said, Jesus, what are you talking about? Everyone touched you. You're in the middle of a crowd. And Jesus said, no, someone touch me. And verse 33 says, when he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it, the woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him and gave him the whole story. Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed and be healed. By allowing herself to be seen, her story was able to be told. Community and vulnerability have both been a huge part of our story for the past four years um, as we, have, we journeyed in fertility. Um, but for the first year and a half when we were trying to conceive, Jason and I, my husband, we journeyed it together and we journeyed it alone um, until we got to the point where the loneliness and the grief and the pain of infertility just felt too much. And one night when I was at Reach, um, I felt God just prompting me to say, it's now time to ask for prayer. And uh, I got someone that I trusted um, and someone that was safe. Uh, and I started to tell our story about what we had been going through um, in silence, really. And the more and more that I opened up, um, the more and more people that came started to come alongside us. And as much as it was still a very much a taboo subject, not just in society, but in the wider church in general, I really felt like that woman on Mark 5 where my knees were trembling and I just thought if I could just get some sort of support and some sort of help and get some sort of community to come around us. And I've heard of fertility described as a glass full of water. I couldn't fill this anymore, but a glass full to the brim. When you just feel a full capacity at any time, and when you go to the next appointment or you hear the next pregnancy announcement or you go into a church environment and someone else um, is running about with their child, that actually just the next thing is just going to tip, tip you over the edge. But what happened when we allowed our story to unfold in safe community and allowed ourselves to be vulnerable with people that we trusted in community, something really beautiful happened. And I'm going to ask Chantel to come up and give me a wee hand. So one week, Chantelle prayed for me. Well, maybe, sorry, worship team, I'll stay away from the leads. The next week, Paul preached a message that was really encouraging. Can you come up for a bit, Em, please? And just stay up. Hello? No, just a wee bit. And just stay beside Chantelle. <laughs> stay. I maybe should have practiced this. I didn't think it would be that difficult. <laughs> Julie Burgess, she invited me out for coffee when she knew that we had a really difficult appointment that day. And it was just really encouraging to have someone to sit and chat with um, and just do life with. 
surgery. Jason had a night um, with the guys and actually it relieved some of my worries as a wife that he had other people that were infesting him. Diane Gowdy. She just gives the best hugs, doesn't she? <laughs> like, yeah. And she just told me, just don't give up, keep going. Hannah Arnott, she texts to say that the prayer ministry team um, were praying for us. Jen Norton, is she here? My number one encourager, Jen, come on. <laughs> just spoke so much encouragement. Um, so much love and words um, over our life at that time. And Jen didn't know, actually, around that time, at that point, what we were um, mostly going through. But she was just so encouraging and actually made such an impact on our journey, more than what she'll ever know. But suddenly, from inviting a place of community into our story and allowing ourselves to be seen and allowing ourselves to be raw and authentic and vulnerable with community and with the people that we find ourselves in, something happened. Our glass wasn't filled to capacity anymore. You see, God has so much provision for us in the people around us in community. But in order for that to happen and for order for God to pour that provision and his resources into our life and do what he wants to do, we need to truly connect with each other. And we do that by inviting people into our story. And what happened then was that me and Jason didn't stand alone anymore, but actually we were totally surrounded. Thank you. You can take your seat. I feel like I've spoke really fast. Um, Um, I think we'll actually just, I don't have much more that I want to say, um, and I don't want to just keep talking for the sake of it, um, but this picture of community that we see in Acts 2 and throughout Scripture really broke boundaries, and I think today in our own communities here and outside the four walls that we have the opportunity knowing Jesus and knowing God to break those boundaries too and I think people outside of these four walls also need met with real authentic people who love Jesus and who authentically and just are real and just are raw and want to meet with them. I want to encourage you today that if this morning God is speaking to you about being more vulnerable and being more open in community. Do not leave here without prayer. And we will have a bit of time for ministry. Maybe you have retreated from community because of previous experiences and God wants to speak into that today. Maybe you need prayer to dispel some of the myths that the enemy has spoken over you. Maybe those myths of you're too introverted for community or you don't have something to bring to community, or you don't have enough to give out to people outside of this community within the four walls. Or maybe today you need community. Maybe you're in a situation where your glass feels full to the brim, and you just need people to gather around you and to say, we're here and we're with you. Or maybe you need to start showing up. Maybe that's a good place to start. Maybe that you don't know what God wants to do with you in community or he has given you a place to then inhabit. But maybe 
God is just saying, look, just start by showing up. Or maybe, like me, you're feeling God prompt you that you just need to let someone into your story. And I say that, and I don't say that lightly, that we invite everyone into our story, but we do it in a safe environment with people that we trust. Um, And we invite those people into our story to see what provisions God has for us.